if you don't have a community to do life with, being a mom, especially a homeschool mom, can feel really lonely. It can be really hard, but you can find your community. And today, you're gonna learn five steps to create the community you've been longing for. Hey mama, welcome to the Nourished Mom Podcast, where you're going to learn how to find balance between homeschooling, housework, and all the other things. God is calling your family to a life of peace and goodness, even on those days when you're trying to remember why you chose to homeschool, you just want a minute to yourself, and you're overwhelmed with a million things to do. If you're ready for simple routines, time management strategies, and biblical mindsets to transform your days from on balance to intentional, then you are in the right place. So set those kiddos up with some Legos, some independent work, or whatever is gonna keep them engaged for the next 15 minutes while we dig into today's show. are searching for community. That's why Facebook groups have blown up over the last couple years, right? We're searching for a place to fit in. We're searching for support. We're searching for someone to watch our kids when we need some time off. And we're searching for friends for our homeschool kids and for ourselves. And really, that's God's plan for us, right? Scripture tells us, do not neglect to gather. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near, right? As is the habit of some. It's the habit of our culture to not meet together regularly, right? Yeah, we meet together at I don't even know when are people meeting up at church and um, you know on nightly meetings or I don't know but we're not doing life together as a culture we're not living it out Ecclesiastes 4 9 says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil for if they fall one will lift up his fellow but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up Acts 2 42 through 47, super inspiring. And they devoted themselves to the, to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and all had things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Like day by day, they were worshiping together. They were eating in their homes together. This was their lifestyle. This is what the early church looked like. They did life together. And it's such a contrast contrast to how we live today, right? Especially in the U.S., we're so independent. We're so busy pursuing our own things. Like even extended families, like siblings with families, don't see each other regularly. This is like the norm for our culture. 
but we're feeling the effects of this, right? Depression is skyrocketing. People are reporting being lonely, not connected, because we were made to be in relationship. We're made to be in relationship with God, and we're made to be in relationship with others. And I know many of you are searching for community. And it's easy to get discouraged when you can't find social groups or co-op groups in your area. It's easy to get discouraged when you can't find a group that fits you and your family. But there's a solution. You can be the change. I love that. I love that um, quote. You can start your own community. And it doesn't have to be a big deal. It doesn't have to be a big thing where you have a Facebook group with 100 members and you meet four times a week at planned playground meetups. And it doesn't have to be a huge big deal. You can start small. So I read this book called A Gospel Comes with a House Key by Rosaria Butterfield a couple years ago, and it's all about practicing radically ordinary hospitality, as she puts it. So really, it's about opening your home to to fellowship with others. It's about opening your home to minister to others. And at the time when I read it, it, it honestly felt like something that I could never do. It was on my heart, and God, like, I felt so passionate about it, but I had a million excuses. Like my house was too messy. I was too busy. My husband doesn't really love having people over. Um, I didn't have money to have food and drinks provided for people. And like the list goes on and on. But in my heart, I wanted to practice this. And I started slow. I started looking for opportunities. So one thing that we started a few years ago was really um, going out to the bus stop in the morning to get to know my neighbors, right? So we didn't have to go to the bus stop because we homeschooled. But going out to the bus stop every morning, we really got to know our neighbors and their kids. And as we got to know them, then we started hanging out with them, right? I would invite their kids over once a week after school. All the neighborhood kids would come over And we just got to know the families better. And it was really nice. And we have lasting relationships from that. Like right now, it kind of, some of the kids moved away and we're not all meeting regularly, but some of us still are, right? Some of us have lasting relationships from that. At the beginning of this year, I felt really called to fast and I started a prayer and fasting group. And I just asked like a couple people to do it with me. And my first instinct was really to meet at the church. I'm like, oh, it'd be easy if we all get together and meet at the church. And the Lord was like, no, you're not doing that. Like, you're opening up your home, right? You keep saying that you want to do it like Rosario Butterfield and the gospel comes with a house key. So you're opening up your home. So we started um, once a month. We started just meeting for prayer and fasting. And it has grown, right? Now, every week, usually, we meet with a group of a few moms and the moms pray and the kids play. And every month, we have a bigger meeting with sometimes, I think our biggest was probably like 16 moms. And if you do the math, I don't even know, I didn't count how many kids, but if we all have average of two kids, some of them have five kids, you know, we had, we must have had at least 30 kids here. And not every month is that big, especially through the summer, but that's what's happening now at my house. And this is like, this has been a huge blessing to me. These are the people that I'm now doing life with. I watch their kids. They watch my kids. Our kids are growing in relationships with each other. They're becoming best friends. We pray for each other. We help each other. We reach out and check in on each other. 
And it started from inviting a few people over, right? It wasn't something big. I didn't even know what it would grow into. But if you're searching for community, you can reach out and you can find that community. You can be the one who creates that community. I'm going to give you five steps to follow to to keep you accountable, okay? So step one, I want you to pray and ask the Lord to lead you, for him to bring someone your way or put someone on your heart that you should connect with. And don't underestimate the power of prayer. One thing that I've absolutely learned this year is the power of prayer. It's amazing. Step two, make room. You've got to make room in your life for relationships. If you want to have a community, if you want to have friendships, if you want your kids to have friendships, you have to stop overscheduling yourself and crowding out the time for relationships. Like, are you available for friendship? If you're overscheduled and too busy, then you are not available for friendships. And if you really want community, you're going to have to make that change. So look at your schedule. Are you overscheduled? And if so, even if you don't have like dates set up for people to come over, start making room. Start thinking about, you know, what can I let go of if I want to start pouring into a community? Step three, reach out to that person that God put on your heart. Invite them over. Invite them to the park if you're not ready to have them over yet. Um, Just set up a time to hang out. Be the one to make the move. Do it. Just do it. Call them up. Text them. Talk to them at church. Whatever. Hit them up on Facebook. Whatever. Whoever God has put on your heart, reach out to them. Step four. Stop worrying and making excuses. Right? Excuses about your house not being clean enough or your house being too small or your yard being too messy or being too busy or not. Whatever. Whatever excuses you're making up. Like, I know the house being clean is a big thing that stops people. But honestly, what's better? That everyone thinks your house is always clean when we all know it's not. Like, no one's house is always clean. And if yours is, like, that is awesome. (laughs) I'm happy for you. But mine's not always clean. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. And my guess is that most of you, your house isn't always clean either. And that is okay. So what's better? That everyone thinks your house is always clean or that you develop friendships with people who don't expect your house to always be clean because it's not realistic, right? Stop worrying. Stop making the excuses. Nobody cares if your dishes aren't done. Invite people over. That's what people care about. People want to be in relationship. And then step five is to simply repeat. Invite the next person that God put on your heart and start growing your community. We are meant to live in community. Deep down, you know it. That's why we are all searching for it, right? We're all, we all want to be connected. That's why we're on Facebook and we're on Instagram. And although those can be meaningful relationships and you can make real connections there, like nothing beats real face-to-face community. We were created for relationship. Matthew 22, 37 through 40 says, and he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments depend all of the law and prophets. Guys, if we want to love our neighbors, we've got to be doing life with them. If we want to love anybody, if we want to show God's love, you've got to open up yourself to do life with other people. So I challenge you, who is God calling you to reach out to? Give them a call. Connect with them. And if you're looking for community, join our community on Facebook. There is definitely power in online community. Um, come on over to our Facebook group and join, join us over there. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to connect with you. 
All right, ladies, I just pray that the Lord that the Lord just pours out blessings over your home, over your family, that he ignites a fire in your heart to pursue the things of God, to pursue the things that he is calling you, calling you to do, that he gives you the courage to step outside what you're used to and what you're comfortable with, and to really just take a chance to do what he's calling you to, that he gives you the boldness to speak to other people and to invite them into your life. In Jesus' name, amen.